0: Hey everybody, welcome to Pod, James Pod, a new podcast from Biropod about James Bond. Are we just talking about the movies or are we talking about like books and stuff hey, too?
1: Hey. L- look, man, if you if you want to get into frickin' newspaper comic strips, then I'm 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 there.
0: We are joined by a a James Bond, I think. Is it fair to say super fan?
1: Yes, it would be fair to say that.
0: James Bond, superfan, James Sheaves.
1: Hi. Uh, Good evening, Mr. Byron.
0: Hey, James. And also, from behind the Iron Curtain, (laughs) we are joined by our Cold War expert and antagonist, Katya Zenina. (laughs) Hello. Thanks for joining, guys. This is fun. It's already fun.
1: Yep. Great times.
0: So I'm not actually sure um, when I had this idea or why, but it just, it clicked. Something clicked. It's like, wait, I've never really watched any James James Bond movies, and there are like 80 of them. So, hey, why not do a podcast about it?
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a great idea.
0: And the rest is history. And now, and it went on to be the most successful podcast of all time.
1: Wow. Yeah. I'm glad I could be a part of it. Um, yeah. Uh, th- the thought had never occurred to me that um, we would actually do a podcast on, on something that like, I am like the biggest fan in the world of. You but dared I, not dream. We...
0: And yet, what dreams may come? which is i think <laughs> one of the the James Bond movies.
1: Yep, that's uh that's the one right after right after Timothy Dalton.
0: Tell me James about your experience with James Bond. How did you first grow to love Bond? Was it because your name is James?
1: Uh I've been asked that before. No, it's not because my name is James. Um mm-hmm. I think probably the first one that I saw would have been a VHS copy of Tomorrow Never Dies Mm -hmm. um, way back as a, as a young child. And um, I was just completely blown away by this, you know, smarmy English guy that runs past explosions all the time.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And uh, I, I got given the, the Sean Connery box set on DVD Ooh. um shortly thereafter uh and so I've I've watched all of those many times and since then I've I've gotten them on subsequent media formats and right. and um've I've seen everyone multiple times I could name you um you know details about everyone from the screenwriters to the directors to the composers
0: well that's what we're we're until here for you
1: die of boredom
0: I'm gonna turn turn you guys up a little bit i think i'm a little bit louder than you sorry it's really good good podcasting here okay <laughs> so katya what is your experience with james bond
2: um my experience is close to zero um i i think i might have seen one of the older james bond films mm-hmm. and i would not be able to say which one it was is james
0: bond gem- generally um sort of discouraged in russia because it's like sort of anti-russian propaganda
2: no i don't think so i think uh, it has its fair share of enthusiasts um um yes yeah, it's, it's well known and um I remember people watching the films when they were out in the in the cinemas. hmm It's just I personally was not really into that genre right uh when I was growing up,
0: but you are and have been into sort of action t v shows
2: some- some yeah <laughs> <laughs> i I, I my, totally this forgot is a mis- about it, but a then...
0: mischaracterization. <laughs>
2: Um. Yeah, I I I forgot that as a kid I enjoyed uh, those uh, sort of uh, TV shows. Okay. And I, I only realized when I was in my mid twenties.
3: Mhm.
0: It, it came back to you in sort of a flashback.
2: Sort of a... <laughs> yeah, I I'm as surprised as you are.
0: <laughs> mhm. My experience with James Bond is that I've seen several of the movies and have always had um. Minimal interest in the franchise, um, but <laughs> I admit to always being a little bit interested when they make a new one, and the kind of thinking like I'm missing out on something. So let's let's do it. Let's watch all the James Bond movies. Why not? Can't wait. Okay.
1: Um. So, uh, it was at my suggestion that w- that we're starting with Casino Royale because, um. T- really to be honest they don't get off to a flying start Mm -hmm. um and uh i i think that um there are these kind of very set in stone conventional wisdom opinions about bond movies that i think in many cases are wrong Mm -hmm. um like for instance people always say oh connery was was the best bond i mean now probably people say that Craig is is the best but prior to Casino Royale coming out it was always oh Connery's the best Connery's the best I don't actually think that's really true Mm -hmm. at least not obviously so um and particularly not in the case of Dr. No which is is, doesn't really hold up Mm -hmm. I mean you know it's 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 entertaining enough but um compared to what people would come to expect from Bond films it's um you know
0: so to be clear Dr. No is the first James Bond movie. and that's that's right, yeah. Sean Connery was the first James Bond.
1: No, that is incorrect. Okay,
0: interesting. <laughs> We're already off to a good uh, good start here.
1: So we can we can really go down uh, uh, Trivia Lane now. Um, so the official series was launched um, with Dr. No and it's it's the you know cubby Broccoli produced series of films which has been going for over 50 years mm-hmm. um but in fact there was one uh adaptation of a bond novel produced prior to dr no and that was in fact casino royale wow so there yep.
0: was a casino royale so i was i was um doing a little bit of research and i saw mm-hmm. a there was a casino royale television adaptation yes for the series the climax
1: <laughs> yeah the, the name of the show was climax um okay. it was a show on cbs um because the rights were were sold to um well to cbs and um the they got barry nelson to play james bond who is an actor who i don't know of him having done anything else mm-hmm. uh and um that if Doctor No diverges from what um, our current expectations of a Bond film would be, then mm. that uh, first Casino Royale diverges even more so. Right. Uh, Bond is an American character huh. in that. That's uh, bad. It cu- card sense, Jimmy Bond. Um, mm. He also has no charisma.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um, and they, you know, just have a kind of bit of a lengthy card game punctuated with occasionally people getting shot at
0: was there a uh, um a sort of a brutal naked torture scene
1: um they they do do a torture scene but it seems to be pulling out his toenails with uh pliers and they oh. do it um like just just off out of frame really uh <laughs> no one no one gets stripped naked yeah, the... The
2: fun in that?
1: <laughs> no yeah <laughs> Um, so what what people say like the the one reason that uh, that original adaptation is at all interesting is that uh, the villain Lashifa is played by Peter Lorre.
0: right who is uh,
1: famous famous screen villain of uh for instance the Maltese Falcon
0: right yes, as we all do
1: is he in Casablanca is he uh, in yeah, I think he
0: kinda... is in Casablanca. Um, how I pronounce and, it.
1: Uh, I, I actually uh, hadn't seen the the CBS one, um, and I got it on YouTube for in preparation for doing this. I can confirm it's utterly boring and worthless, hmm. and uh, even Peter Laurie is like sleepwalking through his role. Right, it's pretty funny.
0: Well, um, apparently uh, Barry Nelson was alive until. 2007 and he was living in uh, Bucks County, Pennsylvania, which is pretty close to where I grew up. So it's interesting to kind of think of this like obscure man sort of living in retirement, but he was like the first James Bond and nobody cares. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so um so you'd probably think that uh Sean Connery was the second person to Yeah, that James
0: must Bond be it. Then. Yeah.
1: You'd be wrong. What? <laughs> what? The second, the second person uh, was, I think his name was Bob Holness, and it was a South African radio adaptation of Moonraker.
0: Okay, so that. Yep. But that's so not he a. Must be... uh, a movie.
1: Uh, no, it's a, it's a, it's a radio drama.
0: What about um, Peter Sellers?
1: Uh, now, that was um, 1967 after the, the official series had got underway. And okay. um, uh, so that's the complicated story of uh, Casino Royale is, you know, its rights were separated from the rest of the Bond novels because they were sold off initially before the rest of them. Okay. Uh, and so this guy called uh, Charles Feldman got his hands on the rights and uh, he had just made this movie uh, this big stupid ensemble movie called what's new pussycat,
3: Mm -hmm.
1: um, which was produced like in an utterly chaotic, uh, fashion, but it ended up being like a hit. And right. Uh, so he thought, well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do the same thing for casino Royale, you know, what could possibly go wrong? Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I think in the end that film had something like 22 directors, um, uh, it features more than one James Bond character,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, one of whom is Peter Sellers and uh, another is uh, David Niven. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that film's La was uh, Orson Welles. So already we've got Peter Laurie and Orson Welles uh, playing this villain. So Mads yep. Mikkelsen has, has big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Apparently, and interesting um... note, Woody Allen
0: was also in this uh, movie as Dr. Noah.
1: As Dr. Noah. Yeah. Um, I I like his line um, where he's being uh, lined up before a firing squad in in like a banana republic. And he says, my doctor says I'm not allowed to have bullets enter my body at any time.
0: (laughs) It's really funny. It it almost makes up for the um, sort of the inappropriate behavior (laughs) later in his life. Yeah. but that's probably a topic for a different podcast. Um, right. So I'm
1: not sure if we'll even do that one because it's really bad. Yeah. Uh, so, so, right. So, um, so
0: we come around to um, 2006. Uh, so, yes. So when they sort of launched the, um, the proper um, James Bond series um, with, uh, who is it? Uh, broccoli produced it. Yes. Um, why did they Broccoli skip Casino Royale? Is it just because they didn't have the rights just, at that point?
1: They didn't have the rights. Okay. Um, and I think probably they wanted to uh, do a Jamaican one.
0: Because? Yeah, you know, just because um, they had
1: the Jamaica location.
0: Because ska was so popular at the time.
1: Which is oh, yeah, Mom. Kind of
0: a reggae-punk fusion.
1: Yeah, so they picked the, the fifth uh, one. Doctor, which is no.
0: Dr. No. Or maybe it was the sixth. There's just no but, way yeah. to know. This, um, is, you've, this is already a huge hole in um, your allegedly extensive knowledge, James. You don't know <laughs> which order. Um,
1: I have the, the books Katya? up on my shelf. I could probably you know? count them.
2: Um, no.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm going to count. One, so, two, three five, six. It's the sixth one.
0: But how do we know that your books are in the right order?
1: Oh, believe me, pal, (laughs) they're in the right order.
0: What about the star Wars books?
1: Um, they're not all in the right order, but that's because I wouldn't be able to fit them all on the shelf. Otherwise. Okay.
0: So for the interest of this podcast, we're starting with, um, casino Royale, even though it is one one of the more recent bond entries. Um, But it is notable in being the first of the Daniel Craig Bond films. Um, Mm -hmm. So can you tell us, James, about your feelings on Daniel Craig as James Bond?
1: I think he is fantastic. Um, Mm -hmm. I think he's a real asset to the franchise. Uh, I love that he's cynical about the role, but also seems to have a great deal of affection for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like the real james bond
1: right a cynical, cynical affectionate guy
0: about being a spy kind of but also like relishes it right
1: right yeah um
0: <laughs> if you disagree please feel free to, to voice your uh, your concerns
1: that's a that's a that's just cutting right to the core of the character
0: mm-hmm. i feel like you're being sarcastic um, i was i was serious but
1: <laughs> so what am I missing? What, did you guys, what do you guys think of uh, Daniel Craig?
2: Um, I, I, I liked him, but uh, he looks like he's just like, uh, I don't know, your alcoholic neighbor next door, which <sighs> I found funny. I mean, <laughs> not in terms of his physical shape, but just in terms of like, just the look on his face. Mm-hmm. But I guess it, it is in some way fitting. I mean if you're like a ruthless killer, you have this sort of stare. Mm-hmm. And he does this this stare. Perf- um
1: perfectly. that's interesting yeah. that you should say that because I I know for a fact that um uh one of the things that he tried to really get right um for the role was um uh, when he did Munich with Steven Spielberg, he met with um all these kind of like ex Black ops, Mossad guys um, who had, you know, for real, kill pe- killed people, mm-hmm. um, and he he tried to kind of he he kind of based Bond's mannerisms on on these people that he he'd met and how they would kind of like whenever they walked into a room they just kind of subtly check for where the exit was and you know mm-hmm. stuff like that.
0: Yeah, really, really cold, cold killers. Mm -hmm. it's it possible that they arranged for daniel craig to actually kill someone sort of like as an initiation into the role
1: you know he's a he's a serious actor
0: because like i think you can go to different parts of the world that are like war torn and just like get away with killing people if you want to Uh
3: uh-huh
2: and i think you can also do it when you're a star you can cover anything by saying it's just a film you know we're shooting here you know yeah (laughs) Please stay out of this part of the city, for a bit. <laughs> Mister Policeman. We're, we're shooting a film. Yeah, and some people
0: and some orphans that nobody will miss. <laughs> um, that's the uh the the Broccoli's insist on. Um... Can you tell us about the uh the Broccoli's? I think it's a kind of a funny name to be associated it with. Just like
1: <laughs> it is a humorous serious. name, isn't it? They were a, yeah. a, an Italian American immigrant family, um, who somehow broke into making movies. Um, uh, One of the early movies that uh, Cubby made was a biopic of Oscar Wilde that um, openly grappled with his homosexuality. Interesting. Which I think is, yeah, pretty interesting for, like, the 60s. Yeah. Um, And uh, he got the nickname Cubby uh, from uh, a cartoon character uh, who... I think um his family said he looked like his his real name was Albert. Okay. Um and so uh initially the Bond films were produced by him and Harry Saltzman, these you know, two guys, and then uh they kind of acrimoniously broke up in the seven have taken over his uh I think stepson, Michael G. Wilson, and his daughter Barbara.
0: Barbara Broccoli.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, who everybody's like I I remember when when uh they were doing like the the press for Casino Royale. Everybody was like mm-hmm. really kissing Barbara Broccoli's ass like, "Oh, Barbara Broccoli, <laughs> she's so generous to let us use this." Show. Oh, she's so great. Like she does, she does nothing um, to do with James Bond. She just she just owns it. What a
1: No. No, that's where you're completely wrong. Right? These films are not director-driven films. They are Utterly producer-driven. They, the producers make these movies. Interesting. Um, and uh, more recently, the, this this uh, you know new generation of producers uh, has kind of experimented with auteurs a little bit. Mm. I think the probably the first instance of that would have been in 1999 with *The World Isn't Enough*, where they got. Do you guys know the Seven Up documentary series? Where they follow the kids every seven years oh, and they yeah. come back and interview them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so the director of those, Michael Apted, uh, they they got him to direct a Bond film, and uh, the, the end result is not really an artury like end so product. But um,
0: can I ask, should I cut out the part where I make fun of Barbara Broccoli?
1: Yeah, you you <clears throat> should. She's gonna get back uh, to her. <laughs> she, I mean, you know, I was just assuming she was just
0: like like the daughter of a producer that's just like inherited the the rights and it's like she's just like this the spoiled rich kid that owns James Bond
1: (laughs) yeah no both of those uh kids uh had been working on the film since their teens in you know various capacities they were like script supervisors and assistant directors and whatever
0: has Barbara Broccoli ever written herself in as a Bond girl
1: uh, no, but uh, you'll be uh, interested to note that later on we will see a cameo kind of Stan Lee style from Michael Wilson. Oh. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, more more recently, they, they hired some other directors who maybe you could kind of say are more autory, but more recently, Sam Mendes would be the, the big one. And that kind of seems to have backfired for them with Spectre, which people kind of didn't you know wasn't all that warmly received yeah it was not well Uh, received so
0: did you enjoy specter
1: i i did uh, but you know i enjoy all the bond films even (laughs) the bad ones
0: so why don't we uh not we get into the meat and potatoes of casino royale a little bit here absolutely um so the novel was this was the first novel it was written in like 1952 right
1: yeah and uh, people often say, oh, it's the origin story of Bond. It's actually not, but like Fleming didn't make any effort to like, you know, show all the origin of, he did, uh, you know, briefly explain, uh, how, you know, Bond got the two kills that lead to his double license. And that's of uh-huh. course what we open with, uh, in, in the film uh, yep. as well. Um, uh the 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 thing is it's one of the kills is quite easy and dispassionate you know just shooting someone from i think he snipes him from the next building over Mm -hmm. uh and the other one is up close and personal i think he knifes him or something and so that's the same in this uh scene where you know he shoots uh the section chief and he uh drowns the other guy in the in the bathroom scene yeah
0: I was reading that actually the um, the bathroom scene was uh, was edited for to get a mm-hmm. PG thirteen rating for the um, US release. Um, mm-hmm. I believe I read that the maybe the Australian version and another one were the only versions of this movie that weren't heavily edited in some one way or mm-hmm. another.
1: That's possible. We do have slightly more lenient classifications over here because we have M mm-hmm. fifteen or. I mean, it's. I don't think it's called M15 anymore. But it that's sounds a, like
0: a uh, spy organization. Right. M15. We're like an yep, international uh, crime syndicate. Together. Maybe we should just write our own James Bond um, movie throughout the course of this podcast. So we have M15, which is like mm-hmm. the international crime syndicate that he has to go up against. Um, and mm. maybe they're going to blow up a dam. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Just cause... like in um Bruce Almighty?
0: Yeah, sure. It's like a crossover. <laughs> James Bond has a take on Bruce Almighty, who's literally a god. Um Okay, let's get, let's keep going here.
1: Um So Casino so...
0: Royale opens with James Bond's first two kills. Um mm-hmm. and we get um A parkour scene, extensive parkour scene.
1: Right. pretty Um, cool. I'd like to uh, also uh, give uh, some mention of the the title sequences, which uh, I adore. Oh, right. Um, Yeah, no, we
0: should talk about that because it's it's the title sequence and also the the song of the movie. And in in this case, um, the song is, what is it? You Know My Name?
1: Yeah, by the, the late Chris Cornell. Rest in Peace. Rest in Peace
0: from the sound um, garden
1: yeah and and audio slave yeah um <laughs> so yeah it, it was a uh departure for them to pick a male american solo vocalist which they mm-hmm. they didn't traditionally do but you know they were they were doing everything differently this time around weren't they
0: yeah it's usually um, like uh like a lady right yeah six like seeing like uh like uh like an exotic don't think song about a ballad. <laughs> ballad. <laughs> I don't know where I got. An exotic song. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> like from um, the Orient. What? Before, like what is an exotic? Okay, let's get off of this. Sorry. <laughs> so the opening sequence uh, has some really cool, um, like card stuff going on.
1: Yeah. And you guys probably didn't uh, think too much of this, but uh, it, it was quite a departure in terms of the title sequences. It didn't feature like the scantily clad women, mm-hmm. um, which are traditionally a part of it. Uh, what it was based on was the first edition cover of uh, the of Casino Royale, the novel, uh, which featured a nine of hearts, uh, where the hearts were like bleeding.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so the the title designer, Danny Kleiman, who I have a great, deal of respect for uh kind of took that idea and ran with it and you know used playing card motifs everywhere Mm -hmm. tried to make it kind of look like a paperback cover
0: the cover also appears to have some kind of circle of wheat
1: (laughs) um yeah am i wrong (laughs) some sort of wheat it is
2: uh the the credits also look very mid-2000s i have to say uh, it, yeah. it was just very in style. This uh, flat colors, vectory mm-hmm. kind of graphics uh, with patterns. Uh, yes, it, um, it's interesting to look back on that.
1: It's it's funny that you should note that because um, uh, it's obligatory that uh, when you uh, enter a romantic relationship with me, at some point I will make you watch all you know five million james bond films mm-hmm. and uh when we got to this one uh i i was really disappointed to discover that my um uh then partner uh thought that the the titles had dated somewhat and were extremely mid-2000s with the vectors and everything interesting
0: so no. is this is this going to be a friendship breakup here uh
1: th- th- this was a subsequent romantic breakup
0: but this is, it sounds like that's what led to the breakup right
1: Yes, it was. Yes. So now
0: that Katya has sort of parroted that view, I just I can only expect that now your friendship is going to be kind of
1: no, because she she did it without disparaging uh, the client. Master. <laughs> you know,
0: I I gotta say, I kind of hint. I noticed a hint of a disparaging tone. No, no,
2: that's well, she's just on thin the, ice that's the, that the, the the normal Russian filter <laughs> on, my, on my voice.
0: <laughs> just the uh, the standard deadpan. Exactly. I uh, pasted the uh, image of the cover in the chat. Um,
1: Isn't it a beauty? Yeah. It was designed by Fleming himself.
0: Really? And mm-hmm. he did he hand-draw the wheat?
1: Oh, you know it. He was a legendary wheat draftsman.
0: So we got this uh, this really rockin' title sequence. Um, mm-hmm. And um, anything yeah. more Wonder you want to say about the, the title sequence? Or... The song by the uh, late Chris Cornell?
1: Um, uh, probably not, uh, other than, like, uh, you don't, it's not usually a rock song, but they wanted something hard and masculine this time. Yeah. So,
0: I'll probably play, play a little bit it. of that on the way out of the podcast at the end, so if you stick around, you'll be able to hear a little snippet. Kind of a fair cool. use snippet. <laughs> um, so we get James Bond's two- First two kills, and then we get this uh, really elaborate parkour scene. Um, yeah. Katya, you were saying you enjoyed this. Do, are you a fan of parkour in general?
2: Um, I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um... Did you
1: guys see the um, Assassin's Creed movie? No. <laughs> um, I think possibly the. Uh, I, I've only seen that one once, but I think the parkour might've been better in this movie.
0: Interesting. It seems like, um, a uh, an intelligent sort of direction to take sort of an action scene in like, um, yeah. just over the top, like it's, they're not actually doing parkour in this. They're just trying to like, it's a chase. Uh, um, yeah. but it's, it's, it makes sense to sort of bring some of those mm-hmm. fancy moves into it.
1: And um, the guy that plays the, the terrorist is, uh, Sebastian Foucan, who is actually one of the founders of, um, the parkour movement.
0: Sebastian Parkour Foucan.
1: As, as they call him. <laughs> it, it seems to be, um, a, a bit of like kind of controversy because he, what he calls what he does free running. Uh-huh. So maybe there was kind of a schism between the parkour guys and free-running guys.
0: Parkour sounds a little bit silly to me. Like, we're in a park. Like, we're just running around the park. Jump off the bench in the park. Am I I wrong about this?
1: Uh, No, it's a a great word.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, wait. You said no, but then you said it was a great word, so it's a little little bit of a mixed message there. Um, Mm. But that's fine. So, um James Bond is chasing this man. Um he was on this uh he seemed to be on this assignment with somebody else in the beginning, but that guy just kind of disappeared. Who was that man?
1: That was Carter. Um uh it's it's funny that the, the formula that gets set up in Casino Royale seems to be kind of pretty rigid for the rest of the Craig films. Mm-hmm. Um like a, like the parkour becomes a feature of the formula which is like it's never been that way before but okay right. um and also uh bond having uh like incompetent co-workers at the start of the movie uh becomes a theme as well um, right uh, in fact money penny ends up uh being one of those incompetent co-workers later on
0: oh good something to look forward to <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um well, how, uh, how else
2: will you understand how competent how competent uh, Bond is exactly? That's right. If, yeah. If you have no one to compare him to. Mhm. It's
1: it's like how um, whenever another 00 agent uh, pops up in the series, they're either like they get themselves killed in like hilarious stupid ways or um they end up being evil
0: in any right. case. Yeah. It's easy to become evil if you if you have a, a licensed to kill
1: <laughs> yeah right need to uh, get some government accountability
0: mm-hmm. so james bond is chasing um sebastian for, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh no he's chasing malacca a bomb maker mm-hmm. um who he pursues through the a construction site in madagascar um so Malaka has is building a bomb or has built a bomb for um for our for Lashifra?
1: Mm, yeah. For okay. for for our villain.
0: And um Bond chases him to the embassy mm-hmm. and um kills a bunch of people. <laughs> he just
3: kill? non lethal.
0: Yeah, no, he killed. But did he...
2: he. Before that, he totally trashes that construction site, which probably costs a lot of money and also probably killed some of the workers there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, some... 12 of them. Yeah, a few of. can get
1: blown up and fall off of things and stuff.
0: But they're. But it's I never mean... Bond's fault. Yeah, but I mean, of it's... course not. That uh, Malacca should not have. Run into that construction site. I mean, what, whatever happens from there on out is Malacca's fault.
2: I think, like, if he exploded that bomb right there, he would do least, less, less damage than Bond did with just dropping stuff on people. Yeah. You know, like, probably <laughs> less dangerous. Hmm,
1: really makes you think.
0: Yeah. But then Bond ultimately does um, kill Malacca, right?
1: Yes. he. That's the one fatality he. Um... Uh, shoots him in the embassy
0: mm-hmm. but that, that, that doesn't seem to be so in the next scene we get we were introduced to um, Dame Judi Dench yes as um, Q
1: as <laughs> the famous Q
0: I mean M M head of M16 that's right we were just talking about M15 earlier
1: yeah but M16 is one step above right um. Uh, I, I uh, some very very obscure trivia, which you probably won't even find in any wiki articles, is um. So uh, obviously, Judy Dench has been playing him since the 90s, uh, but uh, the character that she's playing here has to be a different character based on the subsequent um, Craig movies.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and uh. There, is, there are canon names uh, for, for her character because there are novelizations of the Pierce Brosnan movies in which the character is called Barbara Maudsley. Mm-hmm. Um, and when when Bond goes to, when he says to M, uh, I thought M was just a randomly assigned letter. I had no idea it stood for. He goes to say Maudsley uh, and she cuts him off. That's good. Um, but uh, that can't be... Uh, the same character because this this character was doing something different in 1997 based on subsequent things that we learn in later movies. Uh, And uh, on one of the props uh, in Skyfall, um, uh, belonging to Emmett, her name is given as uh, Olivia Mansfield.
0: Mansfield. Maudsley. So he was clearly about to say Mansfield.
1: Yep. so there you go there's your two different m characters who look like the same lady
0: so she says uh she misses the cold war um yep i thought this was like a kind of a kind of a clunky line (laughs) oh i (laughs) I thought that was her best line in the movie just just to well i mean i think that's probably why it it feels clunky it's so it's so self-conscious like this isn't your this isn't your your grandpa's bond we ain't (laughs) in the cold war anymore guys These are just international terrorists or something. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But no, it's fine. But um, she seems really worked up and upset with James Bond um, for doing the things he did. But there don't seem to be any genuine repercussions for those things, right?
1: Uh, No, of course not.
0: It's not like they're at war with Madagascar now.
1: No, no paperwork <laughs> needs to be filed upon the shooting up of an embassy.
0: Yeah. It's like in like lethal weapon or something, like all the all the paperwork that Mel Gibson has to do after he blows up all these cars or whatever. Same <laughs> principle.
1: Mhm. Um so uh right before this we also uh, officially meet um uh, our, our villain Mr. Mads Mickelson. Uh, this was his breakout role uh, in, in the West. Um, I think he'd he been in the King Arthur movie um, prior to this, uh, but like no one's going to remember him from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and now we're in something of a kind of Mickelson renaissance. Right. Where, you know he, he gets to pal up with uh, Kojima. Yep, make video he's in games.
0: Uh, Death, Death Stranding the mm-hmm. new Hideo Kojima, um, Norman Reedus <laughs> project.
1: Uh-huh. And, you know, Beautiful he gets to be trailers. in uh, Marvel yeah. movies and Star Wars movies, and he's yeah, just he having was, a great time.
0: He played... Um, uh, what's his name? Galen Urso, In mm-hmm. um, so Death Star, the movie. Yep. And he also played Kaecelius. And yeah. Dr. Strong, Strong, Strange. Strange.
1: Mm, I think, um, uh, possibly like, uh, they blew their load too early, uh, with with Marvel putting Cumberbatch and, um, Mickelson in the one movie.
0: Right. Yeah. Why you think they could have saved saved them for something better?
1: Well, uh, like not kill him off at least. He was.
0: I mean, he was yet another really cookie cutter nothing villain the Marvel movies are terrible at making (laughs) villains and they just never learn the lesson either it's like oh here's Kaecilius he's pretty menacing no but Um, I thought Michael
1: Keaton was a good villain
0: yeah he's actually a a rare exception and uh there you go you know I'm withholding judgment on Thanos uh people have belittled his appearance a little bit but I mean things can look different Uh. you know Looks a little bit like Homer Simpson is one of the comparisons. Uh huh. Mads Mikkelsen also played Hannibal Lecter.
1: Yes, that's uh, yeah. And I'm I'm reading the first Hannibal Lecter book right now. Is that so? uh, I'll eventually get around to watching the series.
0: Red, Red Dragon or something.
1: Yeah. Really dark. Yeah. Window, of, of psychopaths and that's Ooh. Um,
0: that's got ray fines in it
1: yep yeah, probably i i think i'm gonna skip the movie which i Aye. understand has edward norton in it.
0: oh yeah everybody hates edward norton
1: <laughs> i i like him i just hear that the movie's not not good
0: it's fine i saw it All so right. um
1: um Schieffer in the novel is like this big fat bald guy, so uh Mickelson not like an obvious choice to, to play him. Uh the one physical similarity is they do both have inhalers.
0: Okay. So this is a thing in, in James Bond movies. The the villains have to have some kind of quirk or tick or or just yeah. weird feature. So Deformity. in, in LeSheeffra's case, he he has a kind of a cloudy eye, he cries mm-hmm. blood, and has an inhaler. Mm-hmm. So that's like three things. Couldn't they have like saved one of those?
1: Uh, No, because it just shows how evil he is. I just feel like um, he probably needs three deformities because he's like a little fish villain. He's not like the big bad.
0: Right. I feel like they didn't even really um, take advantage of his uh, tears of blood very much. Like they mentioned it, but then it, it didn't really come to anything
1: didn't like uh, bleed on bond at any point <laughs>
0: <laughs> it would have been pretty gross if he did for bond um, katya how did you feel about um Le uh different strange characteristics
2: um uh i really like how he was played by Matt. i haven't read uh the book um mm, i think um It's very easy to kind of go over the top with all uh, these tears of blood and Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. the inhaler. It could be, you know, something to, I don't know. You could really go into... um, Seem weak, I guess, in some way.
0: Dick Tracy territory with these uh, villains, like Flat Top, Mumbles. Mm -hmm. You guys know the Dick (laughs) Tracy? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) but <laughs> yeah goofy but, goofy villains i
2: i think he was he was uh he was played uh well like if if you were a guy in that position and you're pretty powerful but you have you know the, these couple of quirks, how would you act and yeah uh that was pretty cool another thing that surprised me is how little mads aged in the past eleven years <laughs> yeah. Like, it he looks, looks pretty much
1: ex- exactly the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, clearly done some sort of deal with some Danish spirit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do, do they have trolls there? Mm, probably. Probably a troll. Maybe he's part troll.
1: <laughs> or fairy. Um, do they so, have fairies? Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Uh, in, in Denmark, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. In when he's on the scene in the yacht, uh, playing cards with some people, uh, the woman that he's playing cards with is a rare uh, returning Bond girl. Who um, she was a Bond girl back in the '60s in You Only Live Twice.
0: Ah, interesting. Um, So just a little cameo.
1: Yeah, and she gets to be one of the players at the at the poker game in Casino Royale.
0: She's not just a disposable side of meat.
1: Uh she's a, an actress named Tsai Chin um who I think has like this one role that she's famous for that actually isn't either of her bond roles. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what that role is.
0: Well, um I guess there's there's no way we can we can find that out.
1: No. Which is a shame. Um
0: so we meet Mads Mm-hmm. We we get the um the scene with the agitated, Judy Dench, and um so Bond breaks into M's apartment.
1: Yep, which is another part home. of the Craig formula. He has to like break into her apartment and steal her stuff all the time.
0: So that happens again. She she told him never to do
1: it again. I think um I think it might. Uh, no, it doesn't happen in every subsequent film, but some kind of like analogous thing to that mm-hmm. happens in every subsequent film.
3: Okay.
0: So, um, they, they're like, James, you have to go to Casino Royale. <laughs> the titular line <laughs> of the movie.
1: A little bit ahead of you, ahead of yourself, I think. <laughs> um, cause, uh, I'm not it's, sure about that. I don't, I don't, um, weirdly enough, so. the 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 actual Casino Royale adaptation doesn't start until an hour into the movie. Huh. Uh, it's like literally the, like the hour mark. Um, before that, we have to go to the Bahamas. Oh yeah, for I forgot about the Bahama
0: reason. trip. Yeah.
1: And um, this is great. They they're like very clearly trying to subvert all the Bond tropes. So the first car that he's seen driving is a rental Ford Mondeo.
0: Yeah, I noticed that. It seemed like a strange choice.
1: <laughs> Which I thought was really cool when I was a kid first watching the movie. <laughs> was that?
0: Um, do you think that was more to do with, like, a sponsorship agreement?
1: It is. They had a product placement deal with Ford, but Ford owned Aston Martin at the time. So uh, there we go. he could drive any Aston Martin and mm-hmm. the deal would be fulfilled. I see. Um... And uh, then when he gets to the like the resort and the first drink that he orders... Do you guys remember what the first drink that he orders is?
0: It was really elaborate, but I don't remember quite what it was.
1: It was a large Mount Gay with soda. Huh. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> what is a Mount Gay? It's rum. Interesting. And then um, later in the movie, as a little spoiler... Uh, he mm. does order a martini, and the bartender asks him if he wants it shaken or stirred, and he says, "I don't, I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? They're,
1: they're doing subversion. They're lampshading. Mm. Isn't it? Isn't it funny? Isn't it witty? Isn't it clever?
0: I think they generally tend to shake them.
1: Uh, like, I don't think martini's? you even have to
0: specify. Yeah. Is there a difference,
2: um, like literally like a chemical, whatever process difference in how you prepare that?
1: Yes. The difference would be um, if you stir it, it won't be as cold, but if you shake it, then the ice will like get in it and water down your drink. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a, um, trade off.
1: Hmm. And I think in the case of a gin martini, if you shake it, it will bruise the gin, which mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly what that means
0: i had a um office christmas party that i attended last night and Mm -hmm. i actually ordered a martini in anticipation of doing this podcast (laughs) although Mm -hmm. you will be disturbed to learn that i requested Mm -hmm. a dirty martini
1: whoa whoa
0: (laughs) which i know Um, is not the correct way to drink it if we're talking bond but that's what i wanted at the time so i went for it I also got They're vodka.
1: actually. Nice. They're actually, like, pretty dreadful drinks, aren't they? Like, they don't. I don't think they taste great.
0: Martinis in general?
1: Martinis in general, and even the Vespa uh, martini, which he invents in this movie.
0: Um, well, this one just sort of tasted like uh, vodka and olive juice, so I don't think it was very I... well made.
1: <laughs> I think jet fuel.
0: Is yeah. The analogy that <laughs> Katya, um, how do you take your martinis?
2: Um, I usually don't.
0: You just drink straight vodka, I think.
2: <laughs> no.
0: Isn't that required?
2: Uh, to to get a citizenship. To get a sl- Slav
0: Slav uh, license license yeah, to Slav.
2: I, we get b- baptized in uh, <laughs> vodka when, when we're born. Um,
0: we've got like an adidas little little adidas tracksuit
2: i have fond memories of trying martini first time when i was like a teenager together mm-hmm. with my uh classmate we got some film to watch and we just got martini just like a bottle of martini and we mm-hmm. were just drinking it like that i think Pre-mixed. maybe with some ju- maybe with some juice as well any
0: olives in there no perhaps a cocktail onion what is there a version of a martini that you can make dirty but with like jarred cocktail onions
1: uh i think that uh would be pretty vinegar heavy wouldn't it yeah bit briny
0: but so is a dirty martini
1: oh i guess but like olive brine is a is a little different
0: i guess this is i think this is gonna be a drink that i invent maybe put a (laughs) little clamato in there too why not (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, love it. Yes, please sign me up. Some, some lasagna
0: to go with mm-hmm. it as
2: well. Yeah.
0: Little Should I plug my shitty lasagna Twitter?
2: <laughs> sure.
0: I
1: I think if anything your shitty lasagna on Twitter should be plugging everything else true. That you do. <laughs> it's very, yeah.
0: It's very popular. I think I'm up to <laughs> almost 1800 followers.
1: It's a it's exactly. a great account though.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. Um <laughs> So bond that goes to the bahamas he mm-hmm. has a bit of a fling yeah
3: mm-hmm. with a this
2: young woman, Italian woman. Mm-hmm. and the first time we see her she's uh riding a horse yeah Very... and uh, doing it pretty badly
0: really oh i didn't yeah. know that Katya. i didn't know that you were like a um equestrian <laughs>
2: No I I don't know much about horse riding but it just looked like she was going to fall off.
0: Right. Well th- that could just be that the character is not that familiar with horses as opposed
1: to the actress, right?
2: That's a pretty weird she seems like to have quite a riding rapport riding a horse on a beach.
1: Sorry. Yeah, it's 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 an odd uh pastime. Horse riding? Like where In where, general? On a beach in a resort in a that you like don't live at?
0: That's what they always show. Sorry, I'm moving my, moving my microphone around here. That's what they always show in like uh, commercials for resorts. People like riding horses on the beach. So this might have even been some additional uh, product placement.
1: For horses. Um, uh, this is also the bit where we get to see Daniel do his best Ursula Andress impression, you know, emerging from the sea like Venus, scantily yeah. clad.
0: Very sexual Um, can you both quickly just rank each of the Bonds, um, by order, in order of attractiveness?
1: Uh, well, Daniel Craig is the most ripped Bond. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I probably, uh, would have to rank Pierce Brosnan highest though, because, um, uh, he, he's my personal favorite.
0: Yeah. He was great in Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Katya. Which is which? Do you think is the most attractive Bond?
3: Uh,
0: I guess maybe you're not as familiar <laughs> with them, so maybe this yeah, is gonna be a, like a, a running tally. I, I, um,
2: would, I would say Brosnan is kind of okay. I I haven't seen many foams, so I don't really care.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Uh, no, which which ones are there? Daniel well, Craig, six.
1: Pierce
0: Brosnan, yeah. Timothy Dalton, Roger Moore, George Lazenby, and Sean Connery in reverse chronological nice. order.
2: Well done. I, I get maybe Sean Connery a a bit more yeah. attractive than Brosnan. He he I was
0: really say. good in Highlander too.
2: Yeah, I like Highlander.
0: Me too. It's great.
1: Um, um it's. Uh, like like how I was saying at the start about how there's these uh, conventional wisdom points that are just wrong um, the thing that everyone always says about Bond is what every man wants to be and what every woman wants to have between her sheets <laughs> is like not like is every man fantasizing about being Roger Moore and does everyone like every woman want to sleep with Roger Moore
0: yeah I like, guess that's the question it really depends on which which bond you're talking about but i aren't aren't are, are not each is not each bond sort of selected for their time to some extent
1: for their era sure but um i don't think like not to generalize but i don't think every modern woman is is going to want to sleep with daniel craig either and i think that's kind of by design with uh, his interpretation of the character like he's he's a Pretty cold, uncaring bastard a lot of the time.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But he is, he does get pretty frisky. Yes.
1: <laughs> Just <laughs> perhaps have... you wouldn't take him home to mother.
0: Yeah. No, you wouldn't, but I mean, every everyone, literally every woman, loves a bad boy.
1: That's right. Every <laughs> single one.
0: All of them. Even the lesbians. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we're gonna put Roger Moore down as each of your most attractive attracted to yep. Bonds. Okay.
1: Damn straight.
0: I guess he looks a um, bit like a game show host.
1: They did this uh traveling exhibition of, of um uh props and costumes and stuff from, from the movies, uh, and I uh got to see the, the very little tiny shorts that uh that that Dan wears in that sequence. Really? was a great highlight i i got a photo of them i'm not sure if i was also in the photo uh
0: can you uh, send that to us when you can please thank you
1: yeah
2: were you wearing anything similar
1: (laughs) (laughs) only only underneath the rest of my clothes i guess Mm -hmm.
0: can we photoshop the shorts onto you yep please okay we forgot to mention at the top of the show also regarding the Song that apparently um uh, james wrote a an essay uh, an essay about um the yeah. song um you know my name that 's what it 's called right yeah in high school um
1: yeah the assignment was to write about a song that we think constituted true poetry <laughs> <laughs> And my essay uh, just talked a lot about uh, like George Lazenby and title sequences and things. And the, the teacher uh, said that he thought I might have missed the point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's uh, really stifling of your
1: but I had a individuality.
2: Great was this song written specifically for this uh, film or not?
1: Yes, they're, they're always written for the film. Yeah. And in this case, it was uh, one of the cases where it's a team-up between the film's composer and the the singer-songwriter, um, which is usually good because that means that you can then weave the theme into the score of the film itself.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you sure and... Diamonds Are Forever wasn't written for the De Beers cartel?
1: <laughs> uh, no, that was written to um, uh, give uh, Shirley Bassey uh, some really suggestive lyrics
0: to sing. Is... Is De Beers a cartel? I'm not sure if I'm using the right word there.
1: Oh, uh, maybe. Perhaps <laughs> not in the sense of um, they they come around your house and um, murder you.
0: Cut off your fingers. But, but I think they do it is. murder some people. Yeah. They certainly use slave labor, I believe.
1: Great. Great <laughs> Let's guys. Let's get off, this. In Let's get off this
0: topic. Um, so we get Bond in... Um, bahama the bahamas i went to the bahamas a a couple years ago it was pretty nice i actually stayed at the um atlantis which you could see in this movie briefly it's sort of like atlantis is like one of those um sort of establishing shot um staples like Mm -hmm. like um the sydney opera house um when you see that building you know you're in the bahamas yeah
1: they talked a lot about Atlantis in the behind-the-scenes material on the Blu-ray.
0: <laughs> How much was there to say?
1: Um, they did huge uh, puff pieces for Bahamian tourism.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a. Um, um, I had a really good anecdote I was going to put in there, but I forgot the I forgot the one of the key details, so I couldn't couldn't proceed with it um oh no yeah i remember there's a good um jimmy buffett um margaritaville chain restaurant near nearby that you can walk to from the resort it's very good
1: great and you might run into like a really hot woman on a horse
0: yeah (laughs) so james bond um has his first poker match Mm mm-hmm he he does a pretty car. fun trick where he pretends to be a valet, um, which may be <laughs> like an early nod in the movie to him kind of passing as like a working class kind of guy.
1: Yeah, that's um like he's he's well dressed in the movie, but not as well well dressed as later, and uh, that that gets lampshaded when Vesper, you know gets him. Uh, a dinner jacket that matches her specifications and then he puts it on and oh, we get a little hint of the Bond theme playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the thing with the costume design in this movie is this was pre the uh, Tom Ford product placement deal. So um, he wears Persol sunglasses, uh, I guess Brioni suits because that's that was the previous product placement deal. So he's just not quite as sharply dressed as he is in subsequent mm-hmm. films.
0: But I would also suggest, perhaps, the mistake was made based on him looking uh, the way he does, like a little bit more like rough and tumble working class guy, could could pass as a valet. Am I wrong?
1: Um. Okay. Sure.
0: Okay. I feel like my insight here is is superior to yours, so I'm just going to yes. put that down as a win for the B man. Um. <laughs> he he takes somebody's range rover and does like a kind of a clever trick of where he yeah, uh, crashes clever. it well, into a fence it's,
1: yeah it's the old ram the thing into the other thing mhm
0: and in the confusion the um bah- bahamian um hotel workers abandon their security guys abandon their posts to investigate the mm-hmm. uh, the commotion at which point bond is able to um identify a mysterious guy (laughs) using a timestamp on a cell phone. And I will add also that this uh, movie is already dated with its use of these tiny little Nokia phones.
3: Mm -hmm. There's actually a Sony
1: Ericsson phone. Yes. Yeah. And a Sony VAIO laptop. Yeah. The Sony product placement deal continued up until... Uh, Spectre, but I think it has now expired, so Bond will finally be able to use a proper phone—an iPhone. Yeah, presumably.
2: I thought that was very cute how he had those like maps on a on an old Sony Ericsson.
0: Yeah, he had some yeah. kind of like uh, fake um, GPS uh, uh, map. System that he was following to get to the uh, the resort, I think.
2: Yeah, we see it a couple of times, and uh, I thought it looked uh, pretty pretty cute. It looked a little bit like the um,
0: the computer technology in um, Escape from New York, green green screen, vector graphics.
1: I feel like I'm way out of, on a limb here. Um weren't the weren't the graphics in uh, escape from New York done by just filming glow in the dark paint yeah nice pretty sure um so uh a fun fact about where we go next um we we head off to miami international airport right except mm-hmm. Uh, if you've spent any time in Prague, you might notice that Miami International Airport looks an awful lot like the Prague Airport. Whoa. Because Did they, they um, didn't
0: shoot on location in Miami just to get the airport.
1: I think uh, they probably had some second unit establishing sh- shots where they have like street signs that say Miami. Mm-hmm.
3: Um,
1: but yeah, uh, something like half of the film was filmed in the Czech Republic for you know obvious tax reasons. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why not? It's it's an airport. They all look the same, right?
0: Yeah, they do. Uh, have either of you ever been to Prague?
3: Uh, no.
1: Okay. So let's
0: get off that topic immediately. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um,
1: so, and the big old plane yeah. that they're after there, right, uh, is actually a famous plane.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: The Spruce Moose.
1: It's, it's a... It's a decommissioned, uh, I think 747 or something, uh, of uh, the registration GBDXJ, uh, which has been featured in a number of uh, movies and TV shows and uh, commercials, including Mm -hmm. uh, in the background of Top Gear, because the Dunsfold Aerodrome, where the Top Gear test track is, uh, that was the plane's home. Oh. So it would sit in the background for lots of Top Gear episodes. That's fun. Yep, and we also, uh, uh,
0: I should say, get a mm. trip to the Body Worlds exhibit.
1: Oh yeah, creepy stuff, huh?
0: Have you guys ever been to to the Body Worlds?
1: Um, I think i I've, I've never been to the exhibit itself, but I think I've seen like isolated exhibits from it at, mm-hmm. at some point or other. How no, I I haven't,
2: you... I haven't been
1: to any. I went to Why the one.
2: Why
0: was he there? In That's where the um guy that he was chasing uh was dropping off like a bomb for another guy.
3: mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm. Um but I I I just wanted to say I I I did visit the Body Worlds exhibit in Philadelphia. It was very uh interesting and a little bit uh disgusting. <laughs> Um did you find it sexist? No, but I don't think I was very woke then, so <laughs> it may
1: well have I been. I have heard that uh, Body Worlds has received some criticism for having um uh kind of uh gender stereotyped uh, roles for some of the female and male bodies. They do have like
0: some some pretty sad like uh I think they have like a a pregnant lady and like her mm-hmm. fetus. And it's like it's all very interesting, but then you like remember that these were actually living people. Yeah. The uh the uh the guy that does that exhibit also sort of reminds one of a Bond villain who wears like a black
1: hat. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Um uh I think I so I was talking with someone about uh, body worlds recently. It might have been one of you, and uh, the the subject of where they actually got the bodies from came up. And apparently, uh, there's some concern that some of them might be like Chinese political prisoners. Hmm. That's fine.
3: <laughs> okay.
1: Because <laughs> I I just thought I thought there were people who donated their bodies. Like that's the claim.
2: Well, we'll never know. Yep. I've seen a collection of weird, uh, like uh, anatomical curiosities that we have in Saint Petersburg, mm-hmm. but it's a pretty old collection, so it's mainly stuff in like in jars mm-hmm. and things like that, and formaldehyde, and you have all sorts of weird fetuses there, and like, mm-hmm. babies with two heads, and that sounds cool.
3: <sighs> yeah.
0: Neat. Um, so James Bond, the spy, um, intercepts, uh, doesn't actually intercept, but, uh, sort of chases this bomber to the airport and, um, saves the day, right?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a huge sequence. It just, like, boggles my mind when I think about, like, all the things that they did in this movie and um there's often a tradition with bond films where if uh one of your films you go like really balls out crazy then the next one you'll kind of bring it all back in and kind of go back to basics Mm -hmm. um which is kind of what they did here after uh die another day with you know space lasers and uh ice palaces and everything Mm -hmm. visible cars um And yet, this film uh, was $10 million more expensive than that one. Right,
0: because they did a lot of, like, like, stunt work and elaborate set
1: pieces, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. There was a lot of um, uh, really complicated set designs and just ridiculous stunts, like the car roll and... All of that parkour business when they jump from the cranes, which I think is one of the most impressive stunts that they've done in the series. Yeah, it was very impressive. Yeah, uh, I think uh, it, it's probably the time to uh, have a little discussion about uh, about sexism. Okay, at this juncture. let's do it. So, um, the prior to prior to Spectre, um, all the women that uh, Bond. Seduces and or sleeps with uh, die, mm. uh, the, which
0: the bone kind of, of brings up.
1: Yeah, it's not quite the fridging the girlfriend trope, but it. Are you guys familiar with the fridging no. thing? Yeah. That's where uh, the death of a female character is used as motivation for the male character. Mm-hmm. So that is literally what happens with Vespa. He becomes emotionally invested in her and she, you know, betrays him and dies. And then, you know, that motivates him to do whatever. Um, and it's kind of rightly pointed out as a sexist trope because it kind of reduces the, the agency of, of female characters and it's mm-hmm. it's just like... Sort of like the, uh, the Magical Negro. Yeah, right, sure. And uh, they seem to have caught on um, uh, as of Spectre because uh, they didn't kill any of the women in that one, even though Bond sleeps with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think probably they're, they're deliberately kind of trying to move away from that sort of trope now. Um, in 2006, it... it, it I guess it played just fine. People hadn't really thought about it that much yet.
0: Have any Bond um, movies passed the um, the Bechdel test?
1: The, the Bechdel test. It's funny. Um, uh, specifically in the case of Die Another Day, I think they tried to deliberately to fail the Bechdel test by having all these scenes where uh, there are two women talking to each other, but they only talk about Bond. But I think it <laughs> accidentally does pass because uh in one scene they don't talk about bond
0: boy that james bond sure is handsome and dangerous isn't he yes oh i'm boy. very attracted to james bond the star of the film
1: <laughs> um yeah casino royale i think would not
0: pass right no. and your claim is that this is sexist somehow
1: <laughs> <laughs> my claim
0: yeah, I'm. I'm just joking. I. I don't approve of sexism in any way, form. Mm. I hate it. I hate it.
1: Uh, so the reason, of course, that uh, I was. I was bringing up all the women dying is that the. The. The woman with the horse, Solange, uh, gets tortured and murdered,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, this serves to uh, show us how cold and unfeeling Bond is because he doesn't seem to care all that much. Yeah. Uh, and so this, uh, you know, this is like we're doing a hard new bond. It's two thousand six, where you know, rebooting the franchise, and it's going to be gritty. So that's what that's that's what that serves to do. But right. um, it, it I don't probably think they, played. They, a little
0: they ever uh, consummated that relationship? Did they? He sort of left. To go to no, it's memory. true.
1: They they didn't
0: literally sleep together. But almost, he he, he could have. He,
2: he ordered. Uh caviar and champagne for her mhm
3: mhm
2: that counts for something
1: yeah he's like <laughs> the... would, uh... That's... caviar equals sex in russia
2: <laughs> no not usually it equals a, a, a typical new year celebratory <laughs> dish i would say but um i was like i would i would enjoy eating black caviar on this kind of intimate date it's just like eating fish yeah, kind when of fishy. About... <laughs> Would it make your
3: breath bad?
2: Well, you will smell of fish. Despite, Ooh. I don't know. Maybe you like the smell of fish. Then mm-hmm. it will not be seen as bad. But uh, I, I talked about it with my friend Dash, and She said, "Oh, you know what? I, I love uh, black caviar." And also, she told me she's seen most of Bond films. And I've known <laughs> this person for five years. This is the first time I hear that. Huh.
0: Interesting. Yep. I think that the maybe the the caviar is symbolic of the 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 female ova, perhaps, mm-hmm. and that Bond is sort of symbolically consuming it, sort of destroying it. <laughs> I don't know. And that's
2: how he heals women. This is like a ritual. Yeah. Magical ritual.
0: How many um, human eggs would you need to make like a proper caviar? Probably like millions, right?
2: Yeah, but that it would is, be a delicacy, uh, though. <laughs> a largest cell in a human organism, and you can actually see it with your own eyes. Yeah, like without a microscope. That's pretty cool.
1: That is think. pretty cool. Well, right? are we... mm-hmm.
0: Meanwhile, well, sperm are like ridiculously tiny. So women it's win. It's not fair, is it? No, it's not fair.
1: So here we are, uh, an hour into the pod and we're also an in hour into the movie where they actually start adapting the novel Casino Royale. Casino royale. Isn't this just a Casino Royale after all? <laughs> Truly, <laughs> it was the Casino Royale. Um, so in the novel, the reason it's Casino Royale is because it's in the town of Royale Leo, mm-hmm. which is a fictional town that Fleming invented, which was basically just a stand-in for Monte Carlo. Okay. Um, and, but in the movie, for some reason, it's Montenegro. So, That's where we are.
0: And Casino Royale uh, translates to Royal Casino.
1: That it does.
0: <laughs> Just a little fun fact for you guys to
1: chew on. <laughs> um. So uh, I I promised you earlier that we'd have a Stan Lee style cameo. Well, mm-hmm. here we are. Uh, When Bond meets his, um, his, well, he's in the novel. He's a French contact, but I, I guess he's just unspecified European ethnicity. uh, In this one, Uh, Mr. Mathis, Mm -hmm. and they have lunch uh, in the village. Um, Mathis gets the chief of police, who is like a crooked chief, uh, arrested, Mm -hmm. and uh, we see him getting arrested in the background. And that is producer Michael G. Wilson getting arrested very fun
3: yeah
0: no Barbara though uh,
1: no Barbara she doesn't have the ego I guess mm. so she doesn't do the cameos one
0: of these days but she's gonna be the bond girl
1: one of these days yeah um, unbelievably they have actually he's he's had a cameo in everyone since the spy who loved me in 1977
0: huh the regular which Stan Lee Hitchcock
1: mm-hmm yeah I, I I didn't uh, even really know that, even despite having seen all of these films multiple times. I uh, spot him occasionally in some of them, but certainly not in every single one of those cameos. Mm-hmm. So the
0: goal now is that James mm-hmm. Bond has to win in a poker tournament against She
2: <laughs> That's not his name. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So he's supplied with a uh, sexy, lady accountant that has a lot of money. I'm not sure why my microphone doesn't seem to be working very well here. Sorry. Oh, I see. It's it's was pointing the wrong way.
1: Okay. It's probably um, or Yeah. Um, interfering.
0: So we, so we got the we got a uh, the the Bond girl um, here. Um, here she is. Eva Green. Yep. Also Wonderful known as actress. Vesper. Something.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Vesper something. <laughs>
1: um uh yes. And um uh her her, her music theme uh I'll I'll just do, talk about the music theme. Traditionally when you have a love theme in the Bond films it's like strings heavy mm-hmm. and they all kind of sound a little bit the same. But the composer, David Arnold, very deliberately uh, made her theme a piano melody huh. so that she kind of stands out from the other women in um, Bond's life.
0: Right. Because she's like, she was special. Yes. In so much as that he was prepared to give up the spy life for her, but then she died.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a pretty good life, the spy life. All you have to do is um, do a parkour chase every now and then.
0: Mm-hmm. That looks hard to me personally, but maybe it's easy for you.
1: Uh, yeah, it's real easy for me because I'm extremely physically fit.
0: Good, really good at parkour. I think um, mm-hmm. Katya, you must be pretty good at parkour. I feel like it's a kind of a Russian pastime.
2: Um. Yeah. Straight I think Russians after vodka. Yeah
0: i think russians tend to do a lot of dangerous tower climbing too
2: yeah that's true i'm i'm kind of scared of looking at those videos yeah me too i mean it's 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 exciting yeah. but also you you're kind of expecting people to fall off and there's plenty of videos of people actually falling off
1: yeah oh dear
0: yeah very scary yeah. scary stuff um, no thank you that would be a good james bond scene where he just has to climb a tower
2: <laughs> Just falls off.
0: <laughs> yep. Maybe if he had a uh, parachute.
2: I I wrote down here that he has uh, superhuman healing powers, so maybe he'll. Oh <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true. Because they uh, they show know. him with scars, which they often don't do, but the scars will often heal, like you know, within two scenes. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because he was like he he had something exploding in his face, like. Couple of days prior to this uh, game, and mm-hmm. it, it, when he was on a train, um, just meeting this lovely lady, he was still covered in scars. Yeah. But then when he plays cards, he's already fine.
0: Katya, you're uh, you're coming in a little bit, a little bit quiet. Are you? Uh... Oh, sorry. That's okay.
2: <clears> this <throat> is just somebody spying on me. I'm not. I'm trying to be. You know.
0: I just didn't want. <laughs> um... <laughs> James to dominate you too much in terms of <laughs> volume.
2: Yeah, all right. Um Yeah, so maybe he is not human. How is that for a theory?
1: Ooh. Yep, good theory. Reptilian?
2: Possibly, but also like cuz how many those films has have been coming out since 60s and he's mm-hmm. still the same age. Kind of. <laughs> so. Yeah. What does that James... mean?
0: Do you have any opinion on the uh, this theory that, like, James Bond itself is sort of the an interchangeable moniker?
1: Yeah, the multiple Bonds theory. Yeah. Um, that theory was actually subscribed to by the director of Die Another Day. Oh. Um interesting. Uh, which is like a footnote. <clears throat> uh, I don't need to subscribe to that theory myself. I just think it's a floating timeline and, you know... Each of the previous events happened in some way, but mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily always the same way. Right.
0: I would like to see, like, a gritty Daniel Craig Moonraker.
1: <laughs> well, guess what, pal? They did that. They did? Yes. In the video games. They, oh. um, Yeah. They did uh, adaptations of Goldeneye, Die Another Day, Moonraker goldfinger and license to kill all and like with the daniel craig's pretty likeness.
0: daniel craig style yeah is it, is um, it grounded
1: uh
0: literally not. No. can't be grounded because you go to the moon
1: yeah it's it's space it's lasers mm-hmm. it's not easy to ground mm-hmm. um i i would recommend the 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 golden eye remake that was a pretty good game but um unfortunately the subsequent um game 007 legends is uh pretty unfortunate and uh, seems to have led to the the james bond license basically being dead
0: that's in really in sad. Video gaming what we need is a um james bond massively multiplayer online role-playing <laughs> game where everybody is a spy and you just run around <laughs> doing spy stuff and groups of spies. i think
1: that's an at drill tweet Really? Really? Yeah, the James Bond MMO with the thousands of other James Bonds.
0: (laughs) I didn't know. I didn't know his plagiarizing uh, drill. Too bad.
1: Oh boy. Oh gosh, what were we even talking about? So the
0: big the big scheme is to um, win at poker, and James Bond is selected because he's the best Mm. at poker in M15. Correct.
1: That's that's correct. Um, why in why the is novel... this the scheme? Oh well, uh, so in the novel, I think uh, Lashifa had uh, like a prostitution venture, which was how he was making his money. Um, but I think they got raided by police, and he lost all his money doing that. So he had to make it all back in this desperate, high stakes uh, game at Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the in in this film version, it's updated for the modern era. By uh, he tried to short stocks in the airline company that he was going to blow up the plane of. Yeah. And when the plane didn't blow up, well,
0: he was in trouble.
1: um, Yeah. I was uh,
2: confused by the plane scene because Mm. they were like preparing to present the super cool plane. Is that correct? Mm. Why was that at night time?
0: Yeah, good (laughs) good point. It's like plane christening.
1: Maybe it was going to be that morning, so they were wheeling it out to be ready. Maybe.
0: So at the poker tournament, so James Bond gives his real name, um, not very covert. Um, mm-hmm. He claims that Schieffer probably knows he was already there already. I'm not sure if he did.
1: Uh, yeah. Really, it's just so that we can have him be James Bond and not, you know, John Smith. Yeah. Um.
0: So we 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 get the tournament. Do you have anything to say exciting about exciting
1: the... poker sequence? Huh? Isn't the... it exciting just to watch people play the card games?
0: Yeah. Do you Do you have anything to say about any of the other uh, players?
1: Oh well, so we have the woman that we met before. Um, I don't think anyone else is notable other than Felix Leiter,
0: it's played by Jeffrey Wright. Great actor.
1: Yep. It's an yeah. It's like. The MO for for this movie was we're going to cast real actors in these roles.
0: Mhm. The the great Jean-Michel Basquiat actor.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't know he played him.
0: Mhm. Very good. Um, and he's also in Westworld. Angels in America. Yeah, Angels in America also. Um uh, he's done a lot of stuff. He's like not a known. He's one of those no-name guys that's in everything. Yeah. But I think I think Westworld has been a bit of a popular breakout for him.
1: Oh, that's good. I'm yet to see Westworld, oh, but now cool. I have something to look forward to. Yeah, he's he's seeing me he's old excellent. power, Jeffrey. Excellent in the Westworld. Um. Um. So in the in the novel, the game that they play is chemin de fer, baccarat. Mm-hmm. Um. But I I guess just not enough people play that anymore, or maybe it doesn't make for enough tension on screen or something. There was a like, lot of poker on TV in the
0: mid 2000s. A lot of like mm-hmm. World Series of Poker and things like that were really coming into prominence. So I think like uh Texas Hold'em was was huge at the time, so it was, it was probably a no-brainer just to make it the most sort of accessible, popular game. Yeah. Um, But it's funny that
2: they included a character who just spelled out what was happening to the viewer, basically. That uh, dude who was uh, supposedly on Bond's side, that part of the film.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. he was sort of mansplaining poker to, um, (laughs) to Vespa. To Vespa.
2: Vespa. I, I appreciated um, that because I, I i don't play poker so it's like okay. yeah
1: i i appreciated it too but like despite having seen this film like dozens of times i still don't know the rules of poker yeah it's, it's i think pretty, i uh, think they
2: messed it up as well there a couple of times so don't don't uh, learn to play based on this film
3: yeah. yeah
0: well i mean there are a lot of different variations on poker but I mean, the, the 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 thrust of it is that you you're given a you know a a hand and you have to make a make a a, a set of cards based on cards that are revealed on the table, and there are many betting opportunities, um, and a lot of the the drama comes from not knowing what the uh, what all the cards are going to be. So different players' hands will improve or or fall apart yeah. in different ways. So you've all these opportunities to sort of assess people's positions and they the really good poker players will will always know sort of the stati- statistical probability of other players having other hands and then sort of hedge that against their behaviors and things like that mm-hmm. it's i mean it's pretty it's pretty interesting stuff i've never been um that good at it although i did actually win a poker tournament once uh it was nice there yeah
2: how much did I, you and, win uh,
1: did this result in anyone's death I
0: don't (laughs) think so. Actually, it was. I felt really bad because I had my my brother's a big poker fan, uh, so I didn't. Oh, really? It was was like a work workplace thing. Uh, Some 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 guys from work were doing a poker game, and I was like, "Oh, I should invite Andrew. He likes poker." (laughs) So he came out, um, and he he went out really early. uh, But I won the whole thing, so he had to kind of just sit there and (laughs) wait for me. (laughs) The whole time. <laughs> and then when we got out finally uh he he got had gotten a parking ticket too so he actually actually lost money and i was like oh well i guess i can pay that with my poker winnings which he like agreed that i should do but in hindsight i, I shouldn't have had to do that it was his parking ticket those were my winnings i want that money back did you did you both drive there separately no he drove I think. I think he Oh, does. then, you know. Yeah. No, it's it's, it's his car. Mm. His his he's legal fiduciary responsibility.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah.
0: So, anyway, we could poker. Yada yada yada. Poker poker poker. James Bond is fine. poisoned.
1: Oh, nuts. <laughs> uh this is a change from the from the novel. They have all the same beats from the novel, but each of the beats is, like, a different thing. So, like, when they have that stairwell fight with uh, the African Lord's Resistance Army Joseph Kony guys... Was
0: mm-hmm. um, that before the poisoning? Did I skip the African...
1: Yeah, uh, you did, like... but it's, okay. it's, it's all right. It's all, like, uh, we can gloss over it. Um, but in the book there were a pair of Bulgarian assassins who try to assassinate Bond but accidentally blow themselves up because they're incompetent Eastern Europeans. Idiots. Oh. God. Um, yeah, so that's that beat. And then for the poisoning beat, instead, it's a guy with a walking stick gun who points the walking stick at Bond's back and goes, you know, like whispers in his ear, it will look like you fainted, Mr. Bond. I could get away with it very easily just by shooting you here. So now you will lose the poker game, yes? <laughs> it's perhaps I was slightly
2: impossible. If if it's that easy to you know to slip something into his drink or stuff like that, how do they not cheat at poker there at the table? <laughs> like, because, like nobody's paying attention to anything around the table or on the table, really.
1: I think that's a that's an excellent point.
0: At casinos, they tend to have incredibly intense surveillance and things they actually have like people monitoring the action from like a uh, from another room i think my microphone is has drifted away again i'm having a lot of a lot of audio
1: issues today can you guys hear me hearing you just fine yeah okay
2: that sounds like a cool job casino I mean, it's bo- boring most of the time like just se- security monitoring casino drudge
0: casino. yeah sounds like a lot mm. of fun I'd like to be one of the guys that has to sweep up the casino.
1: That <laughs> sounds like great fun.
0: Yeah. Like a vacuum guy.
1: Like Do a... they have those um, that carpet that you can't, it, like, it doesn't look like anything if you spill on it because it's I think already so. just kind of a messy pattern?
0: Yeah, casinos. Really uh, I went to Las Vegas a few years ago and it was a strange experience because, like, you're still allowed to smoke indoors there mm-hmm. um so it's sort of like going back in time you know it's like everything smells like just intensely like cigarettes constantly that was it my great takeaway like <laughs> from las vegas that it smell like cigarettes
1: that's um that's funny because the the famous first line of the novel casino royale is the sweat and smell and smoke of a casino at 3 a.m in the morning is quite nauseating or something like that
0: mm-hmm. That's the first first line in any any bond property
1: yes interesting Have either
0: of you ever gambled
1: uh no I must have done um, uh, I don't know if this is a big problem in the United States, but here in Australia um, poker machines are like a huge societal vice mm-hmm uh, and there was a case just recently of someone uh, losing $200,000 in a pokies. Wow. What oh. a waste. And uh, there was a huge, uh, like, social media campaign to, to refund that person. I'm um, <clears throat> like, all right. So there is an obligation here. Places that have poker machines would be obligated to not have, like, predatory poker machines in their places that you know prey on people with gambling problems but i wouldn't say that that place is then obligated to pay back someone who lost two hundred thousand dollars
0: well he certainly wouldn't have given back whatever money he won on those bets if he had won. so no you snooze you lose right that's appropriate right it's an appropriate expression for this occasion
1: appropriate yes
0: um so Uh... When James Bond is poisoned, he drinks a lot of salt water. Does that work? Mm-hmm.
1: It's to make him throw up. Does it work? I Does thought that that's you throw like
2: up? a complicated I scene. Think so. Like I mean it, it will make you throw up, but surely there's a, a, an easier way to do that. It doesn't your require salt and you know. Well, maybe it also glass. sort
0: of cleans your stomach out a little bit too. Gives it a good yeah,
1: scrubbing. I, can... I guess. Yeah, just a, yeah. it's a cleanse hmm Spritz. Just um spritz. It's uh, funny that his, his high-tech Q-branch gadget for this movie is a defibrillator in the car. <laughs> kind of specific, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's a good thing that was
1: there. Like, it's like, you know, oh, he's going to a higher-stakes poker tournament. Better make sure he has a defibrillator in case. Mm-hmm. You never how know.
2: D- how does he not have some kind of universal... Cure for poison on him, that is not a soul shaker.
1: That
0: would be handy. Yeah, I think that That's if weird. if he had that, we would be saying pretty convenient that he had that universal cure for poison on him, right?
2: It's it's kind of expected of a spy, I would say. No, to have yeah. something like that, or at least don't drink stuff while you're in a mission.
1: Yeah, I don't think there <laughs> is. They a... drink so much. <laughs> And then drive. It steadies
0: the nerves in the hands.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, um so James Bond does ultimately win. Although we get a little bit of uh interesting um insight into James interpreting um Schieffer's tells. Um mm-hmm. which I think in in real life, uh It would always be much, much more subtle than they portrayed it. Like this, really obvious touch to the eye. Um, Yeah. But that's ultimately how um, James Bond figures out that um, his contact is uh, has betrayed him because he communicates to Shifa that Bond has figured out his tell, and he self consciously avoids doing that thing from there on out.
1: Mm Hmm. Um. Or, and, in fact, uses it to misdirect him. Right. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed uh, that we really don't get much in the way of the Bond theme uh, in this movie. Did that? We get it um, at the end. Yes. As uh,
0: fully transformed into Bond.
1: That's that's exactly right. So, that's um, funny because that runs counter to... Uh, the composer david arnold's uh instincts when he first got the gig as bond composer where uh like for goldeneye they had this kind of avant-garde french electronic score which uh is kind of divisive like it's it's probably got its you know points in favor but you know um when arnold took over he uh said okay well what people want to hear when they see a James Bond movie is fucking James Bond music when he's doing cool things. hmm And so that was that was his MO for the next like ten years. Uh but then in this movie he had to like save it all mm-hmm. for the end credits.
0: Is which I think um, is pretty neat. Is turning into James Bond sort of like going Super Saiyan? Like like <laughs> you, you kind of like scream and like a, a tuxedo appears on you and you hear the you go like blonde. You... Yeah, blonde bond, Bl- James blonde.
1: Ha ha ha! ha. Yeah. Take that, James. You 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 went blonde
0: for a while, didn't
1: you? A little bit. Um, <sighs> it, it it was a good look, I thought, but um, uh, it had its day. It's
0: still like your primary photo on like it, Facebook. It's thing. still my
1: photo on Facebook because yeah. I can't take a better photo.
2: Mm-hmm. It's weird for me to think of you as not blonde, yeah. exactly, because you still have that photo.
1: That's just what you look you must, like, you're a blonde guy. You must think of me as like a fish, though. <laughs> yeah.
2: True. A purple fish.
0: Yeah, James' uh, avatar is, is a strange photograph of a red, purplish museum fish from a museum.
1: I mean, folks will obviously know this because they will have navigated to this podcast through my inevitable uh, promotional tweet.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Which is how the listeners get channeled.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, I think we're coming up on the two-hour mark, maybe one hour and forty minutes. So yeah, we should probably. But fortunately, yotta yotta. we're getting
1: near near the end of the whole thing as well. Yeah. Um, the, the, when they, oh, Vespa's kidnapped. They roll the car. Um, that's Really impressive. I actually learned for the first time there was actually a guy in the car when Whoa. they rolled it. That sounds really dangerous. <laughs>
0: just... It probably had like a roll cage, though, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But still.
0: I think. It's um, not a
1: job that I would sign up for.
0: I think uh, perfectly safe, um, probably in the right hands. Um, right. So, so Bond actually does eventually win the poker tournament, which is like. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty cool, pretty impressive. He gets the
1: uh gets the uh account number or something. Yes, and uh I think Katya has a note for this.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. To to get his money he has to put in his uh, password that he put in the machine previously at the beginning of the game. And mm-hmm. um we see him punch it in the first time and after he wins he tells vespa that she can do it and that that just basically spells out her name Mm -hmm. but the first time we see him punch it in he he doesn't put anything (laughs) like that in like that is an outrage it's a totally different number and it doesn't really spell anything, but if you try really hard, like I googled it, it can spell ten lip.
0: Ten lip. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Maybe he thinks Vesper is a ten, and he thinks she's got nice lips.
1: I th- I thought ten lip was maybe like a, a villain name, you know, like I... ten lip.
2: Just got... I, I just, I, I imagine that uh, brain meme, you know, with a... X-ray brain meme, (laughs) like what what Bond thinks of women when he sees (laughs) them—the hyper brain. Yep. So that's interesting because, like, uh, specifically shot like a close-up of that keypad the first time he punches it in, and like, how how do you fuck this up? Yeah, that seems like a really.
0: A misfire really poor attention to detail in my opinion
1: yeah i don't get it
0: yeah i guess it's a shit movie and a a shit franchise
1: yeah it is which is a shame um do you guys think that james bond is impotent as a result of the testicle whipping scene probably
2: Uh, i don't i don't know if
0: testicle whipping makes you impotent uh, it
2: depends. Gee, he I mean,
1: really goes at it.
2: If, if he is human, then probably yes, but we don't know that for sure, so... Oh, uh, yeah, he has
1: the Wolverine super healing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he has super healing, and also we don't really know what sort of organ really is mm-hmm. located there. We can just
1: Oh, uh, yeah. So... It could be, like, his his nose. So <laughs> oh, I- God. <laughs> <laughs> So
0: I had seen, um, I had seen this movie when it came out, but I didn't remember it very well, and uh, mm-hmm. I didn't really remember how it ended. And I found, I found this to be sort of like um, Return of uh, the King had like maybe three or four endings.
1: Um, yeah, this um, it's because traditionally where you would end is oh Bond and girl sail off into the sunset, but this one has an additional act. Right, Because it turns out the girl is working for the other side.
0: Yeah. And it's because they had kidnapped her, her, her beau. Her mm-hmm. boo. Um, should say, Sh- Shifra was was killed mid-bond torture by his shadowy
1: bosses. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Then, this is I kind of
2: like that. Okay, yeah, it's all
1: very say, close oh. to how it happened in the novel.
2: I was like, "Oh, how is he gonna smart him now?" You know. And he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great.
0: He was saved um mm-hmm. apparently by Vespa Vesper. <laughs> um so the the first ending <coughs> I think the first ending goes way back to when he won the won the tournament. <laughs> Uh-huh. No, you'd have to be pretty foolish to think that was the end of the movie. But I, here I was watching, like, okay, well, mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see the credits. But no, then uh, Shifa kidnaps and tortures Bond just to try to steal the money, which, um, I mean, is pretty low. Like, he lost the tournament fair and square, right? Yeah, really um,
1: dishonorable.
0: So then Shifla is killed, and um and uh bond is rescued and sort of wakes up in um venice sure wake up in venice <laughs> and then uh, and then he I has this he wakes romantic up in like Como. he wakes up somewhere and then there's somewhere. this whole yep. romantic sojourn where he um decides to give up spying um, mm-hmm. and that's, I think ending number two.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: then, um, it turns out that he's been betrayed by Vesper who, whose, um, boyfriend has has been kidnapped by these terrorists. And, mm-hmm. um, she's been, uh, compelled to give them a hundred million dollars. Um, so she was a double agent. Um, so that's uh so so this so they end up in Venice, right? Mhm. And the climactic scene is pretty interesting because it's like hard to even fi- tell what's what's going on if you're not familiar with Venice, which is a city that is sinking. Yes. And this it appears that they're trying to restore or save this building that is sinking into the ocean with some kind of inflatable pontoons.
1: Yeah, holding it up with pontoons. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a method that uh, has ever been used in the real world. And if you think about it, it's complete nonsense because the tide would go in and out and the right. building would you know, just get even more wrecked from floating up and down.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Is it that the building was, was just completely floating or was it just sort of like an assistance, like a, an assisted support? To the
1: well, yeah, sure, it's it's an assistance measure. Right.
0: But, but but shooting these things makes higher. the whole building sink into the
1: sea. Kaboom, blow up. I actually um, took a
0: trip to Venice once, by the way, it was quite quite lucky. Me, too, it's Katia, this is a you, marvelous place. Have you been to Venice? No, that's a shame because me and James both have been there. <laughs>
2: I, I'm sure you had a great time
0: there <laughs> It was really nice There's we no did. cars there, that's one of the nice things Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's all pedestrian um, So it's sort of like a One big little Like Fun playground thing I don't know, a lot of pigeons
1: A lot of pigeons Yeah Um, Roger Moore takes a A, a, a hovercraft gondola there <laughs> In a different one
0: <laughs> That sounds like a good one
1: that'll be great fun Mm -hmm. Um, yep Uh, the the other thing uh, with this is uh, because we have text messages on the phone and these bits we can pinpoint this part of the movie as taking place in August 2006 Hmm. which is uh, somewhat important because that tells us because Quantum of Solace is a direct sequel that tells us that Quantum of Solace also takes place in 2006 and yet all the bonds, um, like uh, product placement phones, are phones from like two thousand
0: eight. That's fucked so, up. Mm. Suspect yet again. Shit, shit, shit! Movies, shit franchise.
1: That's right, <laughs> uh, so, and that's that's it, really. Yeah.
0: So v- v- Vesper dies. Um, yeah, in a elevator cage. She commits suicide, actually.
1: Mm. Um, in the novel she just takes a bunch of sleeping pills
0: yeah in this she locks herself in a an elevator cage and lets herself sink into the ocean and james Bond watches her drown it's sort of like she's literally being locked in a refrigerator right
3: (laughs) right yeah literally
0: being sort of almost literally being fridged Um,
2: oh there's another um, weird scene with her before she dies Uh, when it's all idyllic and uh, Bond is recovering after his uh, torture, I think Mm -hmm. and um, she says that she feels like a newborn or something like that Mm -hmm. and he says that if she was a newborn she would be naked
0: yeah, really sexy (laughs) sexy (laughs) image wrote
2: wrote down Bond (laughs) as into naked newborns
0: (laughs) naked sexy naked babies
2: <laughs> that was pretty weird
0: Yeah. Um, well be- very a, romantic yeah yeah it's a rough and tumble fella with some some coarse um suggestive dialogue
1: it's it's funny whenever they get like real in-depth with the romances in these movies, that's when I feel that they kind of start to fall apart because I go, well, hang on, just what exactly is it that these women see in him? Yeah, like, what, yeah. what are they going to... What,
0: what's what, What's the uh, What's the future here? Like, uh, Yeah. He basically says that she's going to have to get a job and, and support them.
1: Yeah, I can understand why you might want to have an affair with the guy... But, yeah. you know, like, oh, let's settle down and get, get married and to the, the guy that, you know, used to kill people and mm-hmm. has these yeah. emotional problems well, and problems with commitment.
0: As we established earlier in the podcast, all women, 100% of them, love a bad boy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So the last beat is that uh, Bond tracks down the guy that was uh, blackmailing vesper and at this point he has his full bond uh tux look going uh Mm -hmm. he shoots the guy's foot um and he says bond james bond and then the james bond music starts for the credits and we have our bond nice yeah so that was it that's the first and last
1: james bond movie ever (laughs) um one of my favorites definitely in my top three okay that's
0: actually a good idea we should uh keep a keep a ranking system going here so this Mm. is top three can you commit i'm
1: not quite sure how the ranking goes anymore um but it's it's definitely up up there so this is top three
0: let's say it must be number three then because you if you're not uh if you're not, uh, if you're saying top three, then really, like, you're allowing it to be as low as three, which might as well be its number three.
1: Mm, maybe. Yeah. Catch ya. Do it you agree with my
0: logic?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: well, then you should have said top two.
1: It'd be tied for two with another one, though, it means that there's three of them in the in there.
0: So it's one, two, two.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Maybe. So, um any closing thoughts from uh from either of you?
1: I've just bombarded you with thoughts for this whole 2 hours. <laughs> yeah.
2: Katya. Uh I enjoyed the film. Uh well edited. And even uh, the idea of uh, this romantic line with uh, bond that as you said is kind of weird um given that he's a killer and stuff right. like that and uh didn't annoy me because clearly the lady herself has some weird problems and relationships with people who are not exactly stable. Yeah. So that's fine. Um, yes, and she never. And parkour as well. That's, that's cool. Yeah.
1: That's cool. Yeah.
0: We should all do Great some parkour, um, like off the podcast, <laughs> but people will know. We I did
2: think it. you have already done that. No,
0: I did. What did I do parkour?
2: I don't know. Many videos of you doing all kinds of stunts.
0: Yeah, that's true. I did some parkour in, in a video, I guess. Like a Bart Anderson. <laughs> parkour.
2: Yeah. Rolling right. under a pine tree.
0: <laughs> right. I, I did like a montage scene of like recovering from being paralyzed. That was sort of like parkour. Yeah, that was, that was great. That
1: was riveting. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, thanks, guys. This has been fun. Uh, um, what's the what's the next Bond movie we should cover, James?
1: Uh, I reckon from here on out, go chronological. So okay. Dr. No up next. Dr. James no. James Bond will return.
0: James Bond will return in the famous and scary Dr. No movie from 1962. With Sean Connery. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, thanks again, guys. Thanks, audience, for tuning in to... Uh, pod James pod it's going to be some music playing us out here alright thanks guys
1: good evening see you later